So today, what I'm going to talk to you about is Christmas expectation. Everybody say Christmas expectation. So wherever you find yourself this year, whatever your plans were coming into the year, I know this year the word God gave me for the house and we've been living it is this year is a year of freedom, right? Freedom in love, freedom in giving and serving and loving and all those things. Freedom what? Like never, ever before to be the difference maker God called you to be every day. So God called every one of us to be difference makers every day of our life, some way, somehow, we impact people on his behalf. And what I really want to do during this Christmas season over the next few weeks, I'll have another message Sunday, next Sunday about Christmas, and then, then the next one is going to just be an amazing time where we'll be preaching some, but we'll be also having some other events and, and a time of celebration going into the, to the new Christmas season. But well, what you realize is, is that wherever you find yourself, whatever you were visualizing, whatever you were believing for this year, there's still like, what, 26 days left in this year, right? God can do a lot in 26 days. Does anyone believe that? So we don't want to be like focused on what didn't happen, what should have happened, what could have happened. But we want to focus on what God told us, what God dropped in our heart. I want you to have what? Faith for the promises of God. Faith, that's what I want to stir up in the next few weeks in your life, that you will have faith over the promises of God, the promises God has spoken over your life. Coming into 2022, the word that God has given me for this house is this is a year that we're going to be releasing a whole new level of a ministry anointing over your life. You know, one of the key factors of Beth Harvest Church, when you become a member, a covenant member of this house, is that we believe every member is a minister. That's right. And I really believe that. And that's what the Great Commission says, right? Whom he saved and all that, baptized, heal the sick, raised the dead, all that stuff. But every one of us, are also Luke's gospel says, we're called to go turn nations to God, aren't we? We're called to turn nations to God. And what I want you to realize is you and I are called every day to make a difference in every way. We are called to use our influence. God wants us to have the expectation that he needs us today. See, God really needs you. He's in heaven. The Holy Spirit is in you. So if you don't give a drink of water in his name, if you don't, you don't clothe the homeless in his name, if you don't you know, feed the hungry or take care of the widows in his name, then it's not going to happen. So you and I have to realize that we have an assignment on our life, and God doesn't create junk. God created every one of us for a unique purpose. You could have been born any other time, any other season, but he chose this time this season and where you're at right now. Today, you're what the sum total of every decision you've ever made. But I love what Kiva said, but God. So you look at the tragedy that she had and then the struggle. It's amazing that she made it through it. God reunites her with the father of her daughter, Ramey, and then they're married. And then in her 40s, they have their very own another child. God is always ready to restore, repower, replenish. You know, he knows the events that's going to happen, and sometimes he just has to sit back and let these events take place. But I know this much, you probably would never be the woman you are today reaching the people you are today if you didn't walk through that tragedy, would you, Kiva? Now, nobody wants to live that again or be a part of that, but, but, but God, he didn't cause it, but sometimes events like that happen or loud, and because we live in a wicked world, right, a world full of sin, but here's the thing. He can take your tragedy and turn it into a promise. Yes. 
I said, he can take your tragedy and turn it into promise. As a matter of fact, the tragedies you've been through is the ministries that's been assigned to you. I said, the tragedies you've been through are the ministries assigned to you. In other words, you have understanding, revelation, wisdom, heartfelt empathy like no one else can have for the people that's going through a similar tragedy that you've been through, a similar heartbreak you've been through, a similar hurt. Now, the, the mother load or the key to stepping in to the promises of God is to have what? Faith for the promises. But as Pastor Bill taught us out of Hebrews 11.1, 1, you're really not walking in true faith until you have what? Confident expectation. What is confident expectation? Elpis is the word hope. So the word hope, elpis, means confident expectation. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith, what is the substance of things hoped for or confidently expected? Faith is the substance hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by this, the elders in the next verse had a, gave a good report well, by faith. So I want you to realize we need to, we need to have a good report for God. When we get to heaven, you know, you, can't you can attach all your belongings if you want to to the hearse, but it's not going with you. Right? So, so when you get to heaven, the only treasure you're going to have is the, the part of God's will that he assigned to you. So if you're building a life on your desires and what you want, you better make certain they're the same desires God has for your life. Amen. Now, all of us get off track. I do. We all will get one side or the other. But what I want to do during this season is for you to really begin to bridge that gap. I really want you to get a Christmas expectation, a Christmas expectation that this is when the Son of God was given to us. This is when that God had not spoken for 400 years, he had not opened his mouth. He had not had a prophet speak or anything until this day when Mary gave birth to his son. Now, he spoke to them right before that, just before that to tell her, we'll talk about that, what's getting ready to happen and, and all that, and Elizabeth, her cousin, who had John the Baptist and all that good stuff. But other than speaking to them, he hadn't spoken to anyone for 400 years. Now, when God is silent that long, that seems like a long time to us, but the Bible says what? A day is with the Lord is us a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. So that wasn't even a very, that wasn't even a, maybe a third of the day or whatever, right? Or, or quite, almost a half a day. So what I want you to realize is a lot of times your timetable, my timetable doesn't mesh with God's. You know, the pain that Kiva went through 11 years later, look where she's at. But man, look at the 11 years she's been through. That's why we say around here what? Through is... What? Through is important, isn't it? Because when you get through something, go through something, the key is, even when you're going through hell, like the old country song says, just keep on going, right? <laughs> even the old country boys got that right. So if they can get it right, you should know a whole lot more, right, about through. So let's, let's, let's get into the Word this morning. Now, I know that whenever we talk about expectation, we even talk about hope, help us, confident expectation, Everything in the kingdom is birthed off hope because Jesus is what? The hope of the world, right? He is our hope. He is our salvation. And, and a lot of times, you know, we expect people during Christmas, if we're having, in a good season in our life and everything's going great, it's magnified. 
But if things are going bad in your life, it's a tough time. You've lost a loved one. You know, maybe you're going through a, a tragedy in a relationship or you're going through, you know, heartache or betrayal or you're going through, you know, addiction, your battle addiction or you're going through some kind of financial crisis or with your kids, whatever, then that's magnified. Whatever is going on in your heart coming into this season will be magnified. And that's not just because of the natural, that's because of the supernatural. Because God wants you to realize that when Jesus came to this earth and was born, everything was magnified during that season. So that's why we look at, well, Christmas, people are just down because, you know, they're, they've had hurt, they've had tragedy. Or No, people, whatever is going on in our heart during the season that we celebrate the birth of the Son of God into this planet is magnified. So whatever is going on in your heart today, the loss of a friend, a loved one, tragedy, whatever it might be, or whether it's good, it's awesome, it's great, I want you to realize you're the one that can set your own expectation. So if it's a loss of a loved one, set your expectation, how you're going to honor them and bring glory to, to them for being on this earth. If it's, if it's a tragedy in a relationship, then begin to celebrate God one way or another. I'm going to get through this, and you're going to make me better for it, and I'm going to be able to help others going through these same kinds of tragedies and relationships. Whatever it is that you begin to set your expectation, you begin to put your focus on it. You begin to put your heart, your mind toward the positive side, the good side, what God has said about you. He said, what greater is he is in you than he was in this world? We say it every service around here. What's happening to you is not as important as what's happening in you. What's happening into you is, what's, is greater than what's happening to you. No weapon formed against you can prosper. You know, we can just throw that stuff out and we can just quote it or we can live it. I said, or we can live it. Everybody say, through is important. I know all of us, man, we have those Christmases when you were just, especially as a child or a younger person, you were just waiting all year. This was supposed to be the year you're supposed to get that amazing gift, and you're waiting, and you're about to die before Christmas morning, and you finally either got it or you didn't. So either way, you had great joy or great sadness, right, if you didn't get it. Then what I want you to realize is, is why? Because you set your expectation at such a level, something was going to happen. So you missed that. When you have no expectation, you don't even know when God does move in your life. If I'm going to really live in a Christmas, a Christ mass, a Christmas season, I need to understand it's up to me to determine my expectation before I can even see God revealed in my life. I was talking to Paul Gill, you know, who's a great friend of mine as well, and, and he's been with us 20 years. And then I said, Paul, what happened? He said, I don't even remember, Pastor. I woke up, and I remember looking one way and another way. When I pulled out, next thing I know, I'm waking up in an ambulance. And it broke his arm and all of his ribs on one side. And, and, and we began to talk. And I said, man, I said, were you in your big, he's got a car we call the Beast, an older big car, you know. And he said, no, I was in Patsy's car, a little Lexus. And I was like, man, if you was in the Beast, you probably wouldn't even got a bump or a scratch. He laughed. I said, but isn't it amazing how God preserved you? Amen. You know what I mean? You could be already in heaven, but God still has a plan for you. And we begin to rejoice about that because that is important. So many times we don't even think about 
what God has done for us, what God, how he's rescued us, how he's kept us from a drunk driver hitting us head on, how he's preserved you. But also we, we look at those big events, but what about those small events when he brings key people in your life and you don't even notice it and you miss opportunities that he set up for you? I mean, what if Ananias had missed the opportunity to pray for Saul, who became Paul? And when he went and prayed for him, he didn't want to go pray for him in Acts chapter 9, man, because Paul, Saul was the one out persecuting Christians and putting them in jail and having them stoned. But God said, go pray for him. I bet he went with trembling and fear to pray for Saul. But when he did, the Bible says, the scales dropped from his eyes and he rejoiced, right, and got baptized and then Ananias always has a seed. Everything Paul's done in his life and ministry, Ananias will have a piece of that in heaven. So you just never know when you're going to have these divine encounters that, that can bring, situ, bring things in your life that is going to further you for God, not just in this world, but in the world to come, the eternity that you're going to spend with the Heavenly Father. Does anybody believe that this morning? So let's look at this scripture, and I always you know, love talking about Mary when we're in the Christmas time, the Christmas season, because, you know, she's the beginning of all this. And, and, and I want to look at Mary's expectation this morning. Mary's expectation this morning. You know, in the beginning, she was just looking to be, you know, she was engaged to Joseph, and they were going to get a big wedding endowment. Her father was going to give him, you know, a big gift and wealth, and they were getting ready to start their family, and they were getting ready to do all this beautiful stuff, but God. What happens when you're on a journey and you feel like it's perfect, it's going great, and you've got, got to take a detour? We always blame it on the devil. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's God. Maybe God wants you to go on a detour. You know, like you're going to Cincinnati on the highway and all of a sudden there's an accident or something and you've got to take a detour. You still end up in Cincinnati. It just took a little longer. You went a different way, but maybe that was to protect you. Maybe that relationship failed because God wanted to protect you right? Maybe that person was removed from your life because they weren't good for you. Or maybe you weren't good for them. <clears throat> maybe, maybe you lost that job because you never found your purpose there, and now you're going to find your purpose somewhere else. So we can always look at it different ways, but how are we going to turn it? How are we going to allow God to release the promises that he's spoken over our life? Because he said he's no respecter of persons. That's what the Bible says. The Bible's a number says he's a God that cannot lie, and he's no respecter of persons. So that means we're all on equal ground apart from faith. But you can't have faith if you don't have expectancy. Hmm. So let's look at this in Luke chapter 2. I'll be reading mainly out of the King James. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, as we look into Mary's uh, expectations. It says, That night <clears throat> there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. We say it around here often. God doesn't always move quickly, but he does move what? Suddenly, Right? An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. See, see isn't it interesting? We watched The Chosen, man. If you've not watched it, you need to go watch that movie. It's awesome, the Christmas movie, and uh, especially go on YouTube and watch the one on The Chosen with the shepherds and seeing the original uh, piece that launched all of it. 
But what's so amazing is to think about the shepherds and then Simeon as well, and, and you think about the glory of God, what it must have been like seeing him manifest in their presence like that. And what's amazing is a lot of times when God is moving the greatest, we feel the weakest. When God is releasing the promise at such a high level, sometimes we don't feel up to the task or sometimes we get in fear. And we got to always, you know, the fear of the Lord is good, but the fear of not making it, not working out, why did this happen to me? Why is everybody always picking on me? That's what takes you down into the gutter of depression and addiction and other things, right? But it says that, that the glory of the Lord surrounded him and they were terrified. But the angel reassured him, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that I will bring great jo- that will bring great joy to not just most people or your race or your belief or your system, no, but to what? All people. That will bring uh, this to all people. And uh, verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. Look at this. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Think about that. Here Jesus is, the Son of God, God in the flesh, born, and he's born. And when he's born in the little inn, he's what? Placed in a manger. What was the manger? It was a feeding trough for the horses and and the donkeys and all that in there. It was the feeding trough for the animals in this little barn. That's where Jesus was sleeping when they came in to see him, the Son of God. You know, the shepherds were just minding their own business. They were out doing their tasks. They were out on the range, and they were just taking care of their sheep and protecting their sheep and providing for their families. But suddenly, God interrupted their normal day. A lot of times, you know, God wants to interrupt our day, but if we don't live in expectancy, we never recognize it. You often hear people when a miracle gets ready to happen or some event happened, they say, well, I just... How did you know to make that decision or to go there and do that? So I just, you know, it's weird. I don't usually get this, but I just heard a still, small voice. What's that mean? A calm, quiet voice. Something just in your heart, your spirit, your mind. But if you don't have a heart of expectancy and living in a spirit of expectancy, you will probably never detect a still, small voice. You, you won't be able to hear it. You won't be able to identify it. You might say, oh, there was something there. Oh, Okay and miss out on this whole journey that God has for you. And it says that what happened, they were terrified. You see, when God invades our comfort zone, it can bring fear. When God invades your career, when God invades your family, when God invades your health, when God invades your situation circumstances, sometimes it it can bring terror on us. Sometimes it can bring fear on us because what? We've not seen it that way before. We haven't experienced this way before. We haven't, we've never had an understanding of it. We don't have a comfort level. We don't have what? Control of it. So if you want control of your life, you're living the wrong life. Because dead men, dead men and women, they don't wear plaid and they don't have opinions, right? You know, so, so when we are born again, we're actually dead in Christ, the hope of glory, the hope of his manifested presence. You're alive in him. You are living as a, a you know, his spirit. You're living as a human, your spirit, right? Your spirit, man, was born again. Your true identity in God. And, you know, the shepherds were taught from the time they were little boys to be looking for the Messiah, to be looking for the Messiah. That's why they would go and take their best sacrificial lamb to the temple, and if they approved it, 
you know, they would look over it, make sure there was no spot or blemish. Then they could go in and worship and offer that lamb for the remission of their sins for that year. And what I want you to realize is, is that, you know, this whole time they're doing this and now God invades their comfort zone, where they're at, what they're doing, their livelihood, their relationships, and he's saying, I'm here now. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Now, God, in these unique situations that are so dramatic, so big, so powerful, he came in such a grand situation there when the angel of the Lord came, probably Gabriel, it was probably a big one, you know, one of the archangels probably, along with a set of host of angels with them, and it was such an impact, the lightning, the skies changing, the voices coming, they couldn't ignore it. You know, sometimes God moves in such a grandiose way, you can't ignore it. And those are easy to detect, but what about detecting those still small times, those times when you kind of think it's God or it's not. You might have to go talk to someone with some wisdom to see, bounce it off of them, see what the word says about it. So never underestimate that. And I want you to realize that coming into 2022, I want you to set your expectancy toward not what you're giving to, but the heart you're giving from. I want you to set your heart on not who you're serving, but the heart you're serving from. That's the key. I mean, Jesus said, he gave, he, he told the story. He said, you know, you, you could come before the Father and say, you know, he said, but depart from me, I don't, and I never knew you. And you say, yeah, but I've healed the sick. I've raised the dead. I preached your gospel. He said, but I never knew you. That word knew, begot in the, in the Greek language means to be intimate with, to know as kind of like birth. In other words, we were never bound together. You knew about me, but you didn't know me in an intimate way to produce. Knowing or, that, that kind of knowing meant that you consummated to have a child. You consummated together. God said, you never consummated to become in my bloodline with me. You just knew about me. But he says, if you really are consummated with me and you really know me intimately, then I'll know you. And what I want to ask you is, where's your expectancy at? Do you have a passion to know God at a greater level this coming year? That's a question to you. Because if you don't have that passion, your expectancy is not going to go up. Do you have a passion to serve him at a greater level this year? Do you, do you have a passion, a passion to be more generous, to give more than you've ever given this coming year? See, you, you pray for God to increase your finances, but what are you doing with them? You pray for the promotion. Does that just mean you get more travel time or does that mean, you know, you're going to do something for God? So everything we do as, as ambassadors for Christ and we set our expectations should be bring glory to God. Isn't that right? And so that's what grows in you, what multiplies in you during this season. Now, they were overwhelmed and that's what happens so many times we get overwhelmed. But what I want you to realize as you begin to set your expectation, write it down, whatever you got to do, and begin to believe God to finish this year strong. Many of you, man, set goals of some ser serving things you were going to do and you haven't done, or you were going to help someone or do this, or you were going to give more, you were gonna, whatever it is that you were going to do, and for whatever reason you got off the mark. Well, won't you just do what you can do in the next 26 days and see what God does? He might just totally multiply it beyond what you were going to do anyway. But also, while you're doing that, begin to set your expectation for 2022. I'm going to anoint you this year. You're going to be like a pig at a county fair, as the old saying goes. 
I'm going to slap more oil on you. You're going to probably walk, go to work on Monday. You probably won't be able to get that oil out till Thursday. Because we got a lot of stuff to do. Amen? We got a lot of stuff to do. And, and, and I want you ready. I want you, man, there's nothing greater than the reward of helping people, serving people, being with. You know, I'm not that big on doing weddings. I do them. My staff, you know, they laugh at me like, oh, pastor's got another wedding. Oh, Jesus. Because, you know, if you mess up at a wedding, everybody remembers. But a going home celebration, nobody remembers. I, 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 don't, I do going home celebrations all day long, funerals all day long. But weddings, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm kind of nervous. I'm, oh, Lord. And I don't know. I've probably done two, three hundred, probably more than that since I've been in ministry. But, uh, you know, I've done a bunch of them, but I still get a little nervous every one of them because you're like, whoo, what are they going to remember? Did I mess up their name or something, you know? So I really watch my P's and Q's, right? So, and you don't have people getting saved at weddings, right? So, so it's different. So what I want you to say, what, I, what I'm trying to say to you is, guys, what are you setting your expectation for? God wants to use you in a way that maybe you're uncomfortable in. But you know what? After a wedding, I'm always glad I did it. Oh, that's awesome. They're such, that's awesome. I see people, so many of you around here that, you know, I've done your weddings. It's awesome when it's over. It's just that whole anticipation coming into it, right? I mean, I can get up and preach in front of two million people in Africa and not be nervous probably or not much nervous, but a wedding, I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, <laughs> help me, Jesus. So anyway, pray for your pastor's faith. But what I'm saying is, what am I expecting? If I, if I turn it and start looking at, man, this couple's amazing, what they're going to do for God, then I'm not as nervous, right, or, or, or frustrated. But I always, after it's done, I'm always satisfied and glad I did it. So there's a lot of things God's going to ask you to do maybe this year that you're not comfortable to do. But after it's over, you're going to go, I'm, I, I would have never chose that, Lord, but since you had me do it, I'm glad I did it. Anybody ever had that in your life happen to you many, many times? Get ready for some uncomfortable seasons in 2022. But you will be better for it. I said you will be better for it. Say, I'll be better for it. So they were overwhelmed, man, and, and, and all that. So when God satisfies our expectation... He doesn't just always do it in a small fashion. Sometimes he wants to do it grandiose like he did here. So we see also in verses 13 and through 14, it said, suddenly an angel joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, the heavenly realm, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. In other words, he's saying God right now is invading earth again. So when Jesus came, God in the flesh, what happened was God was invading earth again. He hadn't been doing anything there for 400 years, but now he is invading earth. And I want you to realize that God wants to invade your life. God wants to invade your job. God wants to invade your investments. God wants to invade your relationships. God wants to invade your health. God wants to invade every aspect of your being. Because when you let God in, everything's better. When, we're not here to call, you know, grocery clerks, attorneys, factory workers, doctors. We're not here to call you out of the workplace. That's your mission field. We're here to call you and to stir up in you an expectation that God's going to use you right where you're at. Right where you're at, God's going to use you. God's going to heal the sick. He's going to maybe raise the dead. He's going to save the lost because of lost because of where you're at right there. God's not trying to remove you. He wants to use you. 
And the more you allow him to use you, then you're going to be promoted to things that you've been dreaming of and that you've been believing for. And, and if, you'll, if you'll do that, if you'll, you'll come to that expectation in your heart that how can God use this? You know, early on, you know, believing for certain finances. If we could just have this, we could use it, you know. Now, I've heard people, well, you know, we're just believing for this beautiful home. We're going to lead Bible studies, and they do it for one semester. You know, well, I'm just believing for this great job, and now they don't come to church anymore. Believe for this great promotion, and they're doing all this stuff. Everything's, they got all their expectation over life, but not over what they had before that got them the promotion. Preacher's hot today. See, see, I can preach that because I live that too. There's times I get off track, and I've got to, God's got to like, don't get back over here. What are you doing? Get refocused. But God wants to use every fiber of your life. He wants to use the positive and the negative in your life. Because when you're transparent about your weaknesses and you're transparent about your mistakes, then that brings ministry and healing to others that's going through it. So, so whatever's going on in your life, God can use it if you have the expectancy to say, okay, Lord, good, bad, and ugly, it's yours. And if you do that, you'd be amazed how he will turn events in your life and use his glory for you. Um, we see that in uh, transition over into verses 15 and 20 through 20. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and, Mar uh, and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Now look at this. All who heard the shepherd's story was astonished. In other words, it was a story they had to tell. Now when you first came to Christ, were you shy about sharing what Jesus did for you? What about after a month? A year? Well, somebody asked me, I'll tell them. Before, you couldn't help it. You were telling everybody what had happened to you. I was. A lot of them were asking, why are you so different? Well, let me tell you why I'm so different, right? And you were excited. Now it's almost like, oh, God, I don't really have time on coffee. But I'll get with you after work. And you don't. Because you don't I just need a little time to myself. And they're really wanting to know your story. So, so the key is, these shepherds, once they had that impact with God, that life-changing experience, they went and grabbed, and it was dangerous to do that, right? This was the time of when they were offering sheep for sacrifice and all that stuff, and it was really a, you know, a highly religious and political time with the Romans there, and they're going to grab people by the sleeve and say, hey, hey, we just saw the angel of the Lord, the host of the Lord, and we just saw the child of God, and he's born over here in this manger and all this. I mean, they were just risking their whole lives, but they were so emphatic. They were, had such an impact. It was greater than the, the positive was greater than the negative that could happen out of it. See, that comes from expectation. Their expectation wasn't there before, but when they had an encounter with God that was so great, that encounter with God was bigger, larger than the fear they faced. And a lot of times, we don't continually have those encounters because we have no expectancy. You build your whole life up, I know I need to get saved, I don't want to go to hell, oh my goodness, I don't want to go to hell. I want to quit this habit. I want to, you know, and you finally give your life to God and it's really awesome for two, three, four months. And then after a while, you kind of get in a rut. Yeah, you're not doing what you used to do. You're just living better habits now. 
But if you're not constantly resetting your expectation, then what's happening is you're, you're not going to have these encounters with God because a lot of times it's small expectations you have and it's small encounters that you have. And then they then all of a sudden larger one comes. God's like, if you can't handle the small ones, why am I going to give you a big one? Hmm? Why am I going I wish I had the angel of the Lord like that. Well, what about that still small voice? What about the three things he told you last week you still haven't done yet? Hmm. Now, what's so cool about this, it says that they were so astonished, but Mary, ever say, but Mary. What'd she do? She kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The NIV says that, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Hmm. What, the things she had heard and seen, what God had spoken to her, what, and, and the same with these shepherds, but she treasured them up in her heart. You see, the shepherds were amazed, and they were sharing this. But Mary treasured these things up. Why? Because this wasn't her first day out. This wasn't her first divine encounter. Remember, she's engaged to Joseph and all this cool stuff back there in chapter 1, but uh, then the angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, by the way, here's what's getting ready to happen to you. Oh, okay, I'm going to be, how can I be pregnant? I'm a virgin. The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, come in you, and then you'll, you'll be pregnant with the Son of God. I don't understand how all that works. <laughs> well, you know the old saying, right? I don't know how I get white milk out of a brown, car lived in, uh, brown cow living in a red barn eating green grass, but I drink the white milk, right? So, so it's like, yeah, you don't understand everything. You don't need to. You just need to trust God. And all of a sudden, she just had an expectancy, didn't she? She just had an expectancy of what? Of being a good woman, being a devout follower of God, not Christ because he wasn't available at the time, being a devout follower of God and, and raising a family and marrying this man she's in love with, Joseph, and all that's great and all that's cool, but God. Now, what's crazy, she's okay, Lord, as you said, be it unto me. Man, what faith that is. Okay, as you said, be it unto me. Think about that. That's back in chapter one. I'm jumping back on you. So, so what I want you to realize is, man, even though it was going to not just invade her life, but totally turn it upside down and split it apart, taking a chance on, number one, if she's pregnant out of wedlock, she could be stoned. Joseph could have had her stoned. And all of this, this is the love of her life. But God wasn't only speaking to her. He also had an angel come to Joseph to confirm what he had said. But what's so cool about this is how Mary treasured these things up. So in other words, all the encounters you've had, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, not really documenting them that well, right? Because that's what really builds your expectancy. When you begin to document your encounters, document, God said, sow this seed I did, here's what happened. God said, sow this time I did, here's what happened. God said, just, you know, go over here and minister to this person I did, that's what happened. God said, lock myself away and pray I did, and this is what happened. Having those encounters with God, divine encounters, what's divine? Theos is talking about the Godhead, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having an encounter with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Having those times and then treasuring them up. In other words, keeping them in front of you. I know we've been to Israel a bunch of times, about five times, and several times I've flown on El Al, which is really cool, 
and uh, you know, it's the Jewish uh, airline. And a lot of times you'll have the priests, you know, and the, the, the rabbis, I mean, and they're walking the aisles praying sometime during the night. And what they do, they still do it today. They'll have their black hats on and all that. And they'll take whatever scripture they're praying and they'll clip it, put a clip on them, clip it. And they'll just pray that scripture back and forth for how long, an hour or whatever, just walking up and down the aisle. And it's crazy to see that. You're like, my goodness, man, this thing, you could have an encounter. You could have that scripture in you. What do you mean? Well, they do. They memorize. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the living word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. They have a form and a fashion, but they don't have the true deal that they could have the son of God living inside them. Just think about it, guys. You have the Holy Spirit. If you're born again today, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it today? So sometimes, you know, we, God will give us a promise in its embryonic stage. And he'll give us a promise and he's gonna see if he can trust us with it. And as he gives us this, this in an embryonic stage, if we're not careful and we don't nurture it, it could be injured or it could be aborted. It could be forgotten. So, so is there some of those things that God put on your heart a, a day, a week, a year, five years, or ever how long ago, and you just let it lie dormant? Repent. It means change your mind, direction, behavior. Repent before God and say, if I can still do it, give me the opportunity. If not, give me a new assignment. I want to be used by you. Don't sit around and feel guilty and da-da-da. Repent and move on. God's grace is sufficient. Wherever you're at, whatever situation you're in, God's grace is sufficient. I think about Michael Garrison. I was just looking at him back there, and I can think of a lot of things I can tell you about Michael Garrison. Don't ever wear orange around him, I'll tell you that. But that's Tennessee's code. But, uh, but you know, Michael, years ago, has it been 10 years or longer? He said, I'm going to come in every Tuesday and serve at the church. How long has it been? Almost 15. See how good I am at this? Almost 15 years, he comes every, unless they're out of town or something, he's here every Tuesday, what do you want me to do? Now, you know, he's got things planned out, he comes in, he's what, how the stage got built, other things get done. Why? Because God spoke to him almost 15 years ago, and that's one thing Michael will say, I'll say, hey, what about going over to, I can't do it, that's on Tuesday. Okay, because he's, he's made that sacred, he's, set, he's not religious about it, he's just, that's one of the things God told him to do to keep him grounded, and, I, and if you saw he and Kim's life, how God's just blessed it, you know, in all kinds of ways, health and everything else, as God's blessed their lives, it's pretty amazing. And I really go back to hearing that still small voice. It wasn't probably didn't get a thunder and lightning and an angel show up and over your bed and scare you and kill him to death and say, thou shalt go on to. <laughs> was it just a still small voice? How was it? And he's been doing that for nearly 15 years. He's a business guy. He could be making money, doing other things on those days, but God. See, he, that could be the anchor that he needed to, to anchor everything else for him. And it's also sowing. It's sowing time. It's helping. It's serving the kingdom. And then he's also, you know, like an elder here too because he ministers to people and the staff and he's here. He's a confidant of mine as well. And, and so what is that? that? That means he heard that still small voice and out of that, God has just branched out in so many areas of his life. I've had people tell me, oh, I'm just going to start coming in and serving more. And they get opportunity and they don't. And I'm, I don't feel bad or hold them guilty because I'm, I can't make them. But I know the ones that do, you know, like Sarah's doing that now and how God's blessing her and, and Josh, and it's just a blessing to the kingdom. Andrea does that. Man, she's written a lot of the stuff in this magazine. That girl, girl's amazing at that as well. But, but, you know, as you come in and serve, what happens? 
God blesses that. If God told you, not if Dalton told you. Right? It needs to be the Holy Spirit leads you or tell you. Or if the Holy Spirit says, give this. Or if the Holy Spirit says, go over here and do this for this family. Whatever it is, I just want you to get your expectation up for 2022. Can anybody do that this morning? 